This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. In the shotgun, Matthew Stafford flips the back out the right side. Empty shotgun snap. He's looking right. He fires to the goal line, sitting down with the catch, and the touchdown is Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup with that grab and that touchdown sets a franchise record for most receptions in a single season. Trip to his left. That's where he looks initially. Gets through it. Drives the ball down the right seat. Cooper Cup has the catch. Middle of the field at the 10. Five. Touchdown. LA. Cooper Cup with his second touchdown of the second half, and the Rams are back on the high side. I think he has an idea of of how well he's playing, but he is truly one of the most humble, special players I've ever been around. And, um, you know, he doesn't need all the accolades. I mean, I think it's great he gets his first Pro Bowl recognition. Um, I don't know how he's not going to be a first-team All-Pro player. I think he's a legitimate candidate for a lot of awards, but he is about our team. You know, he's interested in leading the right way, making the plays that, uh, you know, that are instrumental and vital to the outcomes of our, our, you know, really our team success. And he does a lot of stuff without the football as well. But he's so special, Jordan. You and I both know that. It's pretty cool. Michael, Cooper Cup, after catching nine balls for 136 yards and two touchdowns on Tuesday night, is up to 122 receptions for 1,625 yards and 14 touchdowns. That's 122 receptions for 1,625, 14 touchdowns. He's on pace for 148 receptions and 1,973 yards, which would break Calvin Johnson's record. Michael Thomas holds the receptions record with 149. So a man can end up with 150 catches for 2,000 yards, especially with a 17th game. He's got three games left to do that. Would a record-breaking receiving season give Cooper Cup, or White Rice, as I like to call him, I think that's a great nickname if I do say so myself. Would a record-breaking receiving season give Cooper Cup uh, a legitimate case for most valuable player? I need you to go against the standard. I need you to break the mold. I need you to get out of the quarterback centric. Somebody got to be see if this sounds familiar to you. Got to be twice as good to be recognized. (laughs) I need you to get out of that. I need you to get out of that and just look at the position and look at the performance and say which player is most essential to his team, which, which, which player, if you want to go this far, because some people say, make this argument with MVP. Oh, it's not, it's not the team, it's the league. Okay, who's the most dynamic player in the league, if you want to use that standard? Forget about position. You just look at the guy and say, does he meet my standard or not? Mm-hmm. And if I, use it, if I use that metric, you know, most outstanding player in the league or most essential to what the team is doing, yeah, yeah, Cooper Cup is not only uh, a good candidate, you could say, Cooper Cup is a finalist. If you had three MVP uh, candidates, he'd be a finalist. Uh, and now, so the question is, who's the third? Because a lot of people would say Brady or Rodgers. Rodgers, yeah. And, Jonathan Taylor. And, 
Those are your okay, three now, odds somebody, on leaders somebody's right now, gotta I get, believe. Somebody's got to get bumped out. Somebody's going to be bumped yeah. out. If Cooper Cup is going to get in there, you bump. Is, is Cooper Cup more essential to the Rams than Jonathan Taylor is to the Colts? Okay, by that standard, no. Because <laughs> if Jonathan Taylor wasn't on the Colts, they well, probably would be, they probably have six wins. Five or six wins. Is Cooper Cup? Well, well, well let, I think you got to start here. Is Cooper Cup more essential to the Rams' success than Matthew Stafford? For that matter, is Cooper Cup more essential to the Rams' success than Aaron Donald? Um, it's not just a, that it's a quarterback award, Michael. It's that it is a it's a casual observer award. I don't know okay. that we truly get most valuable player right most of the time. I think it comes yeah. down to a position that we could easily evaluate or think we could evaluate, which is why more often than not, it's the quarterback because we're all conditioned to believe and, and understandably and rightfully so that yeah, it's the most important him. position in the game. If not you all the sports the quarterback the whole time, a guy that's yeah, touching right. the ball all the time. He affects the game more than anybody, right? So, uh, but it's easy to tell, you know, and the, and the, the counting stats are easy. I mean, the, 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 you know, the numbers are easy to, to, uh, to evaluate. Um, secondly, we get caught up in narratives. You know, ironically, it feels like it might be trending toward Aaron Rodgers uh, MVP award to lose uh, based on his value to the team, which was reflected in their loss when Jordan Love was at quarterback, uh, even though they've lost with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback uh, or the fact right. that he's the highest rated passer uh, once again this year and he's playing mistake free football as his team uh, surges toward the number one seed in the NFC, but back to Cooper Cup, white rice. I'm gonna keep saying it until it sticks. <laughs> I know and I, I know he's not Jerry I Rice. I know he's not Jerry yes. Rice. But See, I'm just saying. I just I think that's a good name. I think it's a good nickname. I don't know about most people Let him, let him be his own man. You know what he I mean? Is his own like, man. Okay, okay, he but now, but now you call him. If you if, if he's his own man, why you call me White Rice then? You know, oh, the numbers, strictly because of the numbers, strictly because of the numbers. Okay. Like, I mean, the, the numbers are just ridiculous. I'm talking about the statistics. I'm going to beat this um, I'm going to beat this But, I'm gonna have, but I'm the reason, I, but the reason, but I like talking about Jerry Rice because I feel like if a wide receiver were going to be the league most valuable player, he'd have been at all. Somebody would have gotten it already. Remember how up in arms are people were in me? the NBA with Steph Curry? Are you kidding when me? Steph Curry was the four? first. When Steph Curry, well, that's well. I'll get back to that in a second. No, they're not kidding you, and that's the point. I'll get, I'll get to Steph in a second. Remember when everybody was up in arms about Steph Curry being the first unanimous MVP in NBA history, as if the players vote for themselves. Yeah. Like, well, how in the world was Steph Curry unanimous, but LeBron was never unanimous? So Shaq or, or MJ. I think it's like that. When I feel like way about receiver, as great as Cooper yeah. Cup is, like, and if Jerry Rice couldn't win it, if Julio Jones couldn't win it. If Antonio Brown couldn't win it, if Marvin Harrison couldn't win it, if Michael Thomas couldn't win it, then I don't know that a receiver will ever win it. So, hmm. and then the Matthew Stafford point, usually when a wide receiver is going off like this, his quarterback is probably going off. So, it's kind of, so if anything else, they split votes or they steal votes from the other, but it's hard to, to watch a wide receiver have a record-breaking season. When I look at the quarterback, we're like, well, damn, the guy getting the ball is balling too. So there's that quarterback bias you're talking about. Can we talk about this? Can we talk about him? Or, or you want to you save him? Matthew Stafford. 
Oh, MVP. I mean, I, listen, I'm fine with. I just, just to get, let's let's just give a, lo, a little more flowers, a few more flowers to Cooper Cup. We'll get to Stafford then. Okay, Cup. All right, yeah, Michael. All he right. has most consistent, most consistent of the MVP candidates. Okay, even though he's, you know, that's true. Got long odds. Ten straight ninety-yard games, which is an NFL record, I believe. That's and awesome. thirteen out of fourteen this season, he's had at least ninety yards. He has, he's had at least seven receptions in all but one game this year. So I'll wrap up the Cooper Cup portion of this conversation by asking you this. Are you comfortable calling him the best receiver in football right now? Yeah, I am because I think I think best receiver in football and best uh, best running back in football usually is a temporary title. You know, it's a seasonal thing. Uh, it, you know, guys, like if you go back, if, if we had this conversation five years ago, I think we'd both be stunned by the num- by the names that we were mentioning as best receiver in the game. You know, one of them may have been Antonio Brown. We talked about yesterday. He was. In a different yeah. context. So Antonio Brown uh, ha- has been that guy. Michael Thomas has been that guy. Now that Michael Thomas is out, um, you go to somebody else. Julio Jones has been that guy. Julio Jones has had an up and down season, injury, injury prone this year. So this time... It's Cooper Cup. Who was it last year? Was it DeAndre Hopkins last year? Probably. Probably. So I understand. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah. If you say Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in football, what you should say, it, what's unspoken in parentheses this year. Same thing with top mm-hmm. running back, right? Jonathan Taylor so is the best temp- running temporary. back in football. Yeah. It would have been this year. It would have been Derrick Henry. But a couple yeah. months ago, right, right. A couple months ago, it would have been Derrick Henry. But now, yeah. now Jonathan Taylor is not only the best running back in this division, but in the league. So I, I, I still, I still go to. Yes. I, well, he's the most prolific. He's right there, but I still go with Devonte Adams, and I, I don't like to necessarily go with the, with with seasonal, because uh, I mean DeAndre Hopkins, he's been hurt. Is he no longer the best receiver or one of the best receivers because he's been hurt? No, he's still he's still right there. He just been hurt this year. Um, Tyreek Hill has not been as explosive or as, as as prolific as he has been in past years. Does that mean that his body of work doesn't count for anything? And I think I did say right, right now. So you're right. At this moment, it's obviously Cooper Cup. It's obviously Cooper Cup. He's, he, but uh, in terms of statistics, but I like to factor in body of work a little bit more, which is why I would still go uh, with Devontae Adams uh, based on not just this year, but the past several years. You want to get to Matthew Stafford. What do you want to say about Matthew Stafford? I hope it was positive. I, it, well, okay. Can, okay, I'll, I'll start with the positive. <laughs> Let me start with the oh, okay, okay. Um, fastest quarterback to fifty thousand yards. I was surprised. Don't act like you're not impressed. It, here's here's no. I'm surprised. Uh, that's what I'll say. Okay, it, it, that's the only positive thing I have to say about Matthew Stafford. Fastest quarterback <laughs> to fifty thousand yards. Wow, I was surprised. I didn't know that he was that guy. Now let me ask you a question. And, and it's in, and it's included playoffs, right? Which we know. That's not well, a whole lot of games either. Not a lot of games. There you oh, go. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, there, there you go. There you start. There you start. But we got we got a lot more uh, ground to cover here. Let me ask you a question. What is fifty thousand? What is fastest to fifty thousand yards mean to you in significance? Is that a significant stat? And if it is significant, what does it signify? I want you to say it. So I won't have to because I know you well enough and I know you are a careful student of NFL history. Uh, you have played the position 
Don't hey, don't forget about the details. Just say just, just, just nod your head. You played yeah, the position. Yeah, play, I, hey, look, Michael, I played the position. I played the position. I played the position. So yeah. I care about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you care about it. You know uh, the nuances of the position. So tell me about this. I like to think so. And, I like to think right, so. Give me uh, give me the significance of the significance fastest of to 50, 50 grand. All right. Well, in this instance, because yeah. you know I'm a Stafford guy. This should be short. Resident Stafford this should guy. be short. No, no. Well, nothing's ever short with me. Um, uh, I would say, um, one, Stafford is underrated. He was underrated in Detroit, and he continues to be underrated even in Los Angeles on a ten and fourteen. Two, yeah. um, it means that he's uh, been available and productive. Okay. Three means that um, he's been consistent. Now you may say consistently what, but consistent nonetheless. And four, it means he's had to throw a lot early. Uh, okay, that, there we it go. Means, you know, that, that four he's, he's been, he's four been on a be team one. that required him to throw the ball a lot. Yeah, I mean, because we I, all I, we I both know that yards don't translate to wins, especially passing yards. Usually, you're throwing from if you got a lot of yards, it means you're probably throwing from behind. You know, you're playing from okay. behind quite a bit. So, yes, that's that's been his lot in life. Ba- I, I I was going over your answers or no running game. I'm visualizing them. I'm visualizing them in my head, and I say four should be one because that number one is <laughs> it's a passing league. That's all it means to you. It's a pass. <laughs> it's a passing league. Right. And and guys, like so this is your, so stat like Patrick Stafford. It's an that's, accumulation. That's what you're saying. This this, this yeah. is your stat Patrick take. Okay, that is. All right. That is. Okay. Okay. I mean, it really is. Okay. And, but but you can't just dismiss it out of hand. I wonder when we go forward, when we talk about some guys for Canton, uh, you know, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, you look at some of these numbers, they're crazy. Like Hall of Fame quarterbacks, their numbers are going to be even more dwarfed. I'm not even going back to like the yeah. Uh, oh. Bart Bart Starr. I'm talking about guys like Marino, uh, Dan Fouts. Yeah. Those numbers are gonna look like you. You gonna look at Dan Dan Fouts? And, I mean Dan Marino and say, oh yeah, okay. Why, why do people say he was so great? Well, uh, I, I Tom, think I Tom think you, I think you'll look at Tom that. Brady's got 100,000 yards. The only people that'll look at that and say that are the people who just you know refuse to look at context. Um, I'll make a, yeah. one quick point before we got a comment section. That we're gonna do coming up with oh, our good. man Brandon in good. a moment, but it's just I love like the comment look, section. you know, it's you, got, you account for the era number one, uh, and you're right. I mean, with 17 games and eventually 18 games, it's gonna really be out of whack. Not to mention the way quarterbacks are protected, and the way the game is geared toward passing in general. Last thing I want to ask you about the Rams before we get to this comment section: um, Are you slowly but surely starting to become a believer? Yeah. Pass yeah. God awful officiating notwithstanding. Yeah. We'll revisit that later. Bottom line, Rams have won three straight, tie with the Cardinals atop the NFC West. The number one seed still in play. The division is still in play. Yesterday, as you were dismissing the Bucks, saying they were too beat up and they weren't as good as last year, and they'll rue the day that they, you know, uh, re up with Antonio Brown, so to speak. Yeah. You dismissed the Bucks. Don't walk down that aisle. You, I don't know, walk down I know that you aisle. don't believe in Arizona. I know you don't believe in Arizona. Yep. So I mean, are, are you all of a sudden coming around to being a believer in my Rams? You want you you want to get on this yes. bandwagon? Which I jumped. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. On, by the way, I don't want to get I want to get on the bandwagon because I am I am uh, I am rooted in Oshkosh. I'm rooted in Appleton. 
Green Bay, roundabout Madison, couple hours away from Milwaukee. I'm a Wisconsin guy. I told you that before. I told you that last year during the NBA Finals. I just decided to take up a summer, a now winter residence. Who does that? I, I decided to take up a winter residence uh, in, in Wisconsin. Right. After, after your success so, with the Bucks, you just decided to just stay. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm yeah. going with them. I'm going with Green Bay, but I do believe in the Rams. You, know, you can still believe in the Rams. Rams yeah. You know, the, the the crazy thing is, and I, I've never really gotten on the pace with this in sports. Sometimes things aren't as bad as they seem, and you and you're and you're shocked. You're in the moment. You're thinking, this is a disaster. Like watching the Rams at one point this season, I said, wow, this is just not going to work out. And all of a sudden, in December, they're right in the mix. And on the flip side, it could work. It could work the other way. Where you think you've got a good team and you look several weeks later and it's a disaster and you didn't see it coming. So the Rams have just they went through a little bit of a little bit of adversity. A little bit of questioning. Okay, what's going on here? Why aren't we? We got a lot of we got a lot of big name players, but we're not really playing to the names. And now we're going the other way. You know who did that last year? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then they hit their stride at the right time. Maybe that's the Rams this year playing Santa baby in so far. Santa baby's here. All right. Early Christmas <laughs> gift. What do you do kid. at Christmas uh, is my is my favorite. Uh, what's up, Brandon? You look good, man. You look like you be, make for a really good black Santa. Like back in the day, them pictures, the school pictures. Thank you. Like I, I can see you, you, you got to That's a side hustle. If you want it is, is black Santa pictures. Um, hey, but don't, I don't, appreciate you come that. don't think that he had to, don't think he don't have that going right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey. Keep that low. You know? Get Everybody don't know about you, it. You come bearing good tidings, <laughs> I, I presume, from the comments section. What you got? Yes. Last one well, these. you guys have talked about my Baltimore Ravens. It makes warms my heart every time you guys do. But we've been in some heat recently because of our two-point conversions uh, and John Harbaugh's guts, if you will. Uh, Rachel Wiley had this to say, I didn't like the call at all. The Ravens are not good at two-point conversions. They are great at special teams. Justin Tucker is great at field goals. My logic would have been towards what we do great instead of something that we do good. Mm. before, Before I got into the comment section, I was all about the two-point conversion. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like, live by the sword, die by the sword. But the more I read these comments, I'm like, mm, maybe we should have kicked it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you stay out the comment section. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. can, I can? Yes, you can. Hey, you can kick. Man, this dude has played around with two games, two losses. Yeah, And I, I can't believe if... If you sit around and you watch the Cincinnati, we cannot have the Cincinnati Bengals win the oh, AFC North. Oh, that's what North. it's about. Oh, it's that's about what it's about. That was anybody. Don't worry about that. Anybody. Don't worry about that. I'm rooting against you. Right, I'm rooting against you. If future, if future Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley hits Ooh. Marquise Brown in the back of the end zone, ain't nobody okay. tripping. Okay. okay. If defensive player of the year T.J. Watt doesn't blow it up, or maybe. Lamar Jackson throws a more on target pass to Mark Andrews. Ain't nobody questioning it. Don't don't Here's second it. guess yourself about the two point conversion, yes. Brandon. Don't second guess yourself. Here's my thing. If we would have completed that two point conversion, nobody would be sitting around thinking Baltimore's a better team than Green Bay. Nobody. 
It would, it, it would just, it would the ball would have bounced our way. We we had a chance to clean it up near in the season. Now this was Michael Smith. You mentioned this before. God of Sports twenty four fifth. I really like the idea of doing away with the OTs in the regular season, only having them for postseason. Maybe could help curb on some injuries. I don't know necessarily. That's how it was injuries. back in the day. But that's how it was yeah. back in the day. Back in the day, like yeah. like the ties galore, you know. Like, and now every time they go, every time they go to overtime, people are like. Oh man, I didn't know you could have ties in the NFL. Well, maybe we should, and that would incentivize more people to go for two at the end of games. And John John Harbaugh would be the norm. Like nobody, okay. since there is, you can either settle for a tie, or you can go for the win. And more people would choose to go for the win if there were no you, option you, of overtime. I'll, I'll, your boy Mike Tomlin, uh, the uh, Michael Holly, your boy Mike Tomlin made that popular a couple years ago. This guy went way too hard. Steve Clapper said, "No, I hate the call, even if it worked." He went way too hard in the paint. Okay, that that obviously, if it worked, nobody's talking about that. But talking about going hard in the paint, we talked about Christian Wilkins earlier and his dancing at weddings, and and he said he kept it tame. Look at your boy. Oh, that, a couple God. months ago, I oh. dusted off the worm. Now, oh, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a first round draft pick, you know what I'm saying? So the athleticism <laughs> ain't necessarily there. Honestly, Brandon, I, 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 I could I, I could use the warm I, up. I could have used the warm up worm. I could have used the warm up. You're not yeah. getting enough air. You need more air. Yeah. Like yeah. listen, I, mean, I can't the, do any better. Legs. But right. it's just you're still flat. You're wow. still flat. You're listen, just more back in the day, back in the day, I used to bring hey, out Brandon. the worm at, at parties. What, what's your guys' go to dances? Hey, well hold on. Honestly, I wish we honestly. I would. You want to know what my go-to dance is? First of all, I have to be drunk. Michael Howard got smoke from I have to me be right drunk. Now. I got to be drunk or high. That's number one. You know what okay. my go-to dance is? Still in 2021, <laughs> almost 22, the Humpty Dance. Okay. I'll bring out the Humpty Dance yeah. in a second. Still. That, and, y'all, and, and y'all don't know about this, the Beanie Weenie. That's a New Orleans thing. Y'all don't know about the Beanie Weenie. But that, the Beanie, I don't the know Humpty the Dance weenie. or the Beanie Weenie. Y'all, no, y'all hey, man, I wish we had two... I need a super slow mo on on your uh, on your worm though, because at the very beginning it was almost like you're almost like Frank Gordon. The look on your face, like you're going down, you know. <laughs> it did hurt. That first, the first hit hurt. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> now you, wait. If you notice, after Dog. the first one, you just slapping the ground. After the first hit, you just slapping the oh. ground. Oh, slapping the ground. Oh. You ain't even doing nothing. You just hitting the ground. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. Oh, I don't know, bro. I don't but know. On a now, picnic I'll, blanket. I'll pop it. Hey, I'll pop a lock on y'all all day. What you know about it? Oh man, all day long. And and throw in a little robot. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you do the robot. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, so NFL PA president JC Treader is like, uh, excuse me, y'all thought there was some kind of preferential treatment to us getting our game rescheduled to Monday. I'll have you know 
that you jokers wouldn't have got paid if it wasn't for the NFL Players Association postponing rather than capitulating to the NFL, which wanted to cancel the games and not pay y'all. So thank you, or you're welcome, says JC Treader, or something like that. I mean, COVID continues to cause all kinds of chaos across the country, and uh, specifically the NFL. 15 Jets, and that's just players. 15. Robert Sala has got COVID as well. 15 Jets on COVID-19 reserve now. Um, it's, it's the only topic, really, right now. I mean, we could talk about the games, but as we talked about yesterday, Michael, these games, you know, you, you can't tell who's playing in them from, uh, from day to day or week to week. Charles Robinson is here with us. Charles, uh, simply put, man, uh, the NFL has updated its protocols in an attempt to get these last 48 regular season games and 13 postseason games in as they were fortunate enough to do last year. A, what do you think about how the league and the Players Association uh, are responding to the Omicron COVID surge? And B, how confident are you and the people you talk to that uh, they will have the same level of, of good fortune as they did last year in finishing out this season? Well, I mean, they've turned the, the COVID testing in an honor system. So, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much I think they're going to be fine because I just don't believe I, I think uh, whatever happens uh, once this we get past this at least wave that happens this week. Um, I don't think guys are going to turn themselves in if they feel like they might have it. I really don't. I, I think that it's made for strange bedfellows. And what I mean by that is um, so what J.C. Treader came out and, and said today, we reported we actually reported that news late, late last week that the reason why this got moved, um, I believe reported on Friday, is because no one was getting paid for these three games. It was not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It was going to be a forfeit for all three, uh, for all six teams. No one's going to get paid. And it was interesting in the course of those conversations, um, I was talking to someone at the union, and they said, when we went into advanced protocols for the remainder of the weekend, which was total lockdown, uh, masking everywhere. If you're traveling and you're in a team hotel, no one can visit you. You can't go out, stay out of social settings. Basically, the the most heightened um, sense of what it was in, in 2020, they just did that for a weekend. They got bombed. Like the, the, the union got hammered by players who were so upset that they had gone back into advanced protocols and who just said repeatedly, why are we doing this? We don't even want to do this anymore. We don't want to test anymore. We don't want to talk about COVID anymore. We don't want to have uh, the COVID you know, reserve list anymore. Just be done with it. And yeah. you know, the union is sitting there like, we're trying to we're trying to keep everybody healthy. Like that's, where, that's what yeah. we care about is the health of the And the players are just like, stop, just stop. Go ahead and let us play. We just want to play. We don't care if we have COVID or not. If we feel like we can play with it, we want to play with it. And and so you have the unions like, we don't know what to do. Like at this point, like the the, the players and the league are are together on this one. And the way the way it was put to me was like the football people won on this one, not the science. The science lost, the football people right. won. Our, won yeah, the the football mob. The football mob won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I have no I have no like, doubt that there is going to be some level of success moving forward. Because I think, again, it's the honor system. And we saw how that turned out with the vaccination cards. That was the honor system. Vaccination cards is the honor system. Okay, well, that didn't, that didn't work. Okay. That, that, we shouldn't yeah. bat 100 on 1,000 on that one. Yeah. Well, look, uh, but is, is it really that complicated? I, I, don't know if you, you, I don't know if you guys heard Adam Silver yesterday when he talked about the pause. Is the NBA considering a pause? 
And he gave a, a very corporate answer, but the bottom line, if I had to interpret it, it would be, are you out of your mind? You know how much money we lose if we put a pause mm -hmm. on the season? We ain't doing that. So yep. isn't that really what this is about, Charles? It's, it's, it's not just the passion of the players, but everybody is trying to uh, keep the money train moving as long as possible. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And, um, you know, I think every, everyone is approaching it differently. You know, I, some players, I, I do get the frustration of, let's say like Baker Mayfield, right? Baker Mayfield's trying to do everything he can to try and um, salvage the remainder of this season with the Browns. And he felt like he could have gone and he did everything he could to try and get out there and could not get the, the, the negative test that he needed. Um, and so you have players who are like, I feel fine. I can go out there and play. Just let me go out there and play and worry about my own health. You have the league that's saying we have TV slots. We've told you before. We're not moving out of these TV slots. And, and here's the thing. The reason why they had to reschedule, um, it wasn't just because the fact that these games were ultimately going to be forfeited. The league last week experienced like NFL, a couple NFL rosters where players were just like, yeah, you know what? We just aren't going to go out there. Like we're going to straight up almost for lack of a better term, strike. We're going to strike. We're just going to say we, we don't have a, a team where we can go out there and be competitive. This isn't going to be safe. Like fine. If you're going to, if you're not going to allow us to have guys who should be out there, if you're not going to allow them to be out there, then none of us want to be out there. Like the Rams, a bunch of Rams players had this discussion during the middle of last week where they were just like, look, if you're not letting the guys go out who should be out there, who can be out there, then why are any of us going out there? And so maybe we just won't go out there. Um, I think so the league was kind of grappling with that too. You don't want a total mutiny on your hands where now players are just like, hey, either let us all play or none of us are going to play. Um, but it's money. You're right. I mean, it is what it is. And yeah. I'm kind of clapping my hands at this point and walking away from the table. And I'm just like, y'all are grown. If that's the world you want to live in, if this is the consequences yeah. that you want to live with, I'm going to go ahead and let you do that now. And I'm going to live and worry about myself and y'all can worry about yourself because that just seems to be how we're operating now. Um, Brady still leads the league in attempts, uh, completions, passing yards and touchdown passes. Uh, Rogers is the leader when it comes to uh, passer rating uh, by by pretty uh, healthy margin over Brady. That is actually Michael FYI. You know the second highest rated passer in the NFL is this year, Michael Holly. This is just from you, Michael Holly. Matthew Stafford. It's probably Matthew Stafford. Yeah, it is Matthew Stafford. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but that, but yeah. having said all that, Michael uh, or Charles, we were talking about Cooper Cup and whether or not a record-breaking season would be enough to warrant right. legitimate MVP consideration when it's traditionally a quarterback award unless you're running back who carries your team to the playoffs while running for 2000 yards uh, at this point it does sort of feel like Rogers or Brady's award to lose do you see it that way or can one of these dark horses like a Jonathan Taylor um, or a Stafford even even though he's might share votes with Cooper Cup can somebody else overtake Rodgers or Brady or is it a two horse race as far as you're concerned over these last three games well, Cup has an opportunity to, even in a 16-game in a frame, not a 17-game frame, he could break the all-time uh, receiving yardage record in 16 games. He could challenge, you know, he could get pretty close to the touchdown record. You know, let's, you know, it's, it would take a feat on his part. But in the in the 17-game frame, um, you know, you're looking at the potential for, for Cooper Cup to basically smash every wide receiving record there is. And people will say, well, it's that extra game. But I think even if you adjust it for totals, 
and average it out, um, he would be right up there with like Jerry Rice um, in, in terms of putting up the best wide receiver season in history. Um, it's MVP's tough because it really has turned into the, the focus of the league uh, predominantly being on the quarterback and it being pounded into your head as a voter that this is a quarterback league. There's no more important position than quarterback. You, you usually tend to default. I feel like when I look at voting, you default toward who is just the absolute dominant quarterback. And, and, and then now let me find if anyone else can potentially challenge this. Who's a non quarterback. Normally that answer is no. That's why Derrick Henry rushes for 2000 yards and doesn't win the MVP previously. Um, you know, Cup, though, is I think Cup could get some votes. I think Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts could get some votes. It's all going to come down to what your criteria is as a voter. Um, I personally think that it's, you know, Rodgers is probably it because I think you take Rodgers off that team. We saw what the offense looked like under Jordan Love's stewardship. Um, and in terms of Rodgers versus Brady, I think when you look at the it, – it, it's like Rodgers versus Mahomes last year. When you look at surrounding – what's going on surrounding Rodgers, what, what he is playing with and the level that he is playing at, he doesn't have – you know, he has uh, – like, look, Devontae Adams is amazing, probably the best pound-for-pound pound wide receiver in the league. He's right there. But then he doesn't have, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Rob Gronkowski, uh, the offensive line. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. Um, it, it's – <laughs> like Tom has a lot going for him that, that Aaron Rodgers doesn't necessarily. And I think you do have to weigh that in the process. It's going to be a wild vote though. I'm telling you, cause I really truly believe mm -hmm. there's a chance that you see four players yeah. get votes five. Yeah. yeah. If ever a year running back to steal no. it, it might be this one. Last question for you, Charles. I'm not going to ask you if the Jacksonville job is good. Cause I know it is. I want to ask you who the perfect candidate is for that job. Who's a perfect head coach for the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars? As much as as much as I I I promised myself I would never go back to the Josh McDaniels well ever again. Um, didn't expect that one. Yeah, I know. I I didn't either. But I I talked to somebody in the league and we we had a long conversation about Josh and um. He feels like the work that Josh has done with um, Mac Jones, the work that he had done when, with Cam when Cam was healthy, fully healthy, like pre-COVID Cam when he first got there, um, has actually helped Josh's resume pretty considerably. And I don't know if that's true or not. I will, I'll say this. The, the staff that he partially built in Indianapolis, pretty good. <laughs> he, left some, he left something there for, to work with for Frank Reich. Um, you know, I, I don't... I, I've been the most reticent person of all to put Josh back in anything. And I felt like after he backed out of Indianapolis, I was like, hmm. you know, what are we doing here? He's never going to get a shot again. Um, but he just the track record that he has, the experience that he has. Um, I think that there's a, there's a chance that he's learned something since the Denver experience considerably um, a considerable. I, you amount. know, I'll tell you, I, that, I'm, Michael, I'm, Glad you asked that because I was expecting an answer. You know, I've been Byron Leftwich is the most no-brainer candidate in Jacksonville. Sure. Period. Like for me, just like right. stop, stop the process. Hone in on that one guy, Michael. I don't know about you. I hadn't thought about, I had not thought about Josh McDaniels as a head coaching candidate, probably since the Colts fiasco. But I imagine if he wants a job, 
be, you have to be crazy not to not to want to take him unless people are just out Michael on Belichick apprentices altogether. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? But it just feels like if Josh McDaniels wants a job, how could you not consider Josh McDaniels? He needed listen yeah. real quick. He, yeah, he needed he needed to work with somebody who wasn't Brady. Okay, and and I think and to also see him work with a rookie too. I think I, I mm. have to give him credit that Mac Jones has been a very good player. He has transitioned well, and I think he has grown. Um, albeit he was probably the most finished product as a quarterback coming in. I do think he has shown strides in that New England offense. And remember, they don't have it's not like a wealth. Of, of you know offensive pieces to work with it's better talent you know they've signed mm. some guys and but i i think the work that he's done with mac jones made me have to sit here and go let me reconsider this a little bit because mm. this is impressive so i'm not i'm not and by the way i love byron as a candidate as well i do no no, um, no I, yeah no i got you i, I like yeah. i like you I, I i like you you know introducing somebody who oddly enough even though he's one of the hottest Candidates at one time is kind of off the radar now. Michael, you want to weigh in before well, we go to break? Funny. What? No, no, just just real quick. I was going to say, where do I live? I mean, come on, yeah, Mike. I live in Boston. Uh, my, Josh McDaniels, right. head coaching candidate, 180 days a year on, on Sports Talk is Radio, it? Sports Talk TV. Oh yeah. Okay, but yeah, but, na- but nationally, to Charles' point, he's not. Nationally, probably he's not. not. But here, yeah. yes. Every okay. year for the last two years. Real quick before we get out of here, the one thing I would be nervous about, though, is there was a lot of drama when Josh was the head coach, okay? And if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're probably like, let's try to not get – uh, let's, yeah. let's get the most drama-averse coach we can possibly find this time. I mean, listen, if you're the Jaguars right now, not only is Leftwich ready, not only is Leftwich's body of work, you know, with Brady, with Arians, as a, yeah. not to mention the credibility as a player, make him the perfect candidate – you actually do need to win the press conference. And I know that's yeah. not the same as winning games, but they need something positive. And a retread coach, with all due respect to everything you're saying, ain't going to hit the same as bringing uh, Byron Leftwich home. So I, I think should be just like they, Yeah, yeah. he's a good hire. And, but yeah. they, like, Shaq Khan should zero in on that dude. Like, maybe have a backup plan, but that's the guy you're waiting for if you're Shaq Khan. Hey, he Chuck, might have we some, appreciate you, brother, some, man. He might have some competition. Like there might be some other yeah, teams. <laughs> I was listen. I was telling Thomas Dimitrov the other day. Urban Meyer messed around and left it a better job than he found it, and it was a good job when he took it. But now it's yeah. like nowhere to go but up. And you got the number one pick again, maybe. <laughs> and the number one pick, probably. Yeah, it's, it's a great nice guy favor. <laughs> All right, y'all. Take it easy, man. All right, let it go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yes, right. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you, Michael. Where are my manners? I don't know. I don't know, man. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. They've been healthy, um, and they have continuity. It, especially as they they're game, kicking ass. And, and, and yeah. Since the game on, is that what you saw tonight from that? Absolutely. You know, that's a team that has really, really gelled over the years. Um, they've gone through a lot of suffering. And, heck, yeah, they got continuity, and they, they've been – 
very lucky. That's lucky to be healthy, you know. And when you put a team with that kind of talent, a team that's had that kind of pain in the playoffs, uh, veteran leadership, young talent, I mean, if that, this is how they will look, and they look good. 18 in the room, some people might say it ain't nothing, but we have another other half of the season to go. But, you know, the way we're playing, I believe this team is better than the team last year that went to the finals, to be honest with you. Um, just the chemistry and the way we, and the terminology, the way how we talk to each other. You know, last year we were coming there just confused, going to the huddles and timeouts, but now we're just complimenting each other and telling each other to finish off this game strong, put them away. We have no idea what this team can be of. And when you have, you know, no travel, who's the first, just the second game back, um, no K none. Um, I missed, you know, a bunch of games. Now AD's out. You know, and a bunch of guys in protocol or head coaches out. So how can we really fully assess what we have? You know, when we haven't been whole, we haven't. Can't remember the last time. You know, we you know played the same starting lineup. I had the same rotation coming off the bench. It's been a long time. So um, it's hard to assess that. Yeah, I mean, I'm very optimistic. Um, we've been through so much as a team already, and still going through it um, as a, as a unit. Um, and the best part about um, for me, this just thus far is just all the ups and downs, and that's the NBA season. Um, the most important part is that we stay together, never divide, never panic, never, you know, to come to whatever the people on the outside of our team are saying, just make sure that we stay close-knit um, and find ways to be able to stick together through whatever it is, because uh, we're a team that uh, don't rely on excuses. Uh, we understand the circumstance that we have in our locker room, and we got to make the best of it, as simple as that. Yeah, LeBron's right, Mark J. Spears. Um, I don't think – I'd say it a long time ago. I'm off the, the Lakers roller coaster for all the reasons that he just laid out. They're 16 and 16. We don't know who the hell they are because they're coming and going. So I want to focus on the Suns. I'll put it to you real simple, man. We, we'll see them on Christmas. Right now. Sons or Warriors? Right now, I'll say Sons. In a month, I'd probably say Warriors. Why is that? And the B. Clay? <laughs> I was waiting for your Clay? call up on that. Uh, yeah. yeah, Clay and Wiseman. Um, mm -hmm. Wiseman gives them size that counters Aiton. Uh, I'm not saying it stops Aiton, but Warriors are one of the smaller teams in the league right now. Once you get him, uh, to me reminds me kind of like a David Robinson, a, a healthy Ralph Sampson. You know, you, you get somebody that's going to make it easier in terms of running the floor, dunking, blocking shots, giving them a presence in the post, makes their bench deeper. Then, you know, obviously when Clay comes back, you had a shooter that right now, I think the Warriors and Curry, who, who has been seen fatigued of late, uh, desperately need back, you know, um, so, yeah, I think on Christmas Day, yeah, I do believe the Suns are the better team, but long-term, I do like the Warriors. For them to be doing what they're doing now without Clay, without Wiseman, uh, is, is very impressive to me. If, and that's a big if, if you agree with DeAndre Ayton that the, He's the right. Suns are better, better, okay, you do agree with him. So, what, him. what is the, what element has... Push them to that next level where they're better than last year. It, it might be Aiton himself, or, or is it another mm -hmm. player's uh, improvement? 
Well, I think the biggest thing is now they've been there, done that. Like last season, everything was new. Aiden Booker never had played in the playoffs, you know, so every experience was a new experience. And even Chris Paul had never been in the finals. So you get Chris Paul in the finals. He has experience with that now. Um, they add a couple pieces like a JaVale McGee. Um, and, and I think also you got to remember, Chris Paul was a new player on this team. They're used to him and what he does and, and how he elevates his team to a higher level. Chris Book and Jay Crowder have done so much to take Aiton's game to an all-star level. And I think he's certainly deserving of potentially being on that team and the Suns having three all-stars. They pushed him. Uh, you know, also Monty Williams, the coach, have pushed him and told him, we're not an NBA championship team unless you play at an elite level that you're capable of playing. And he, he's responded to that. He hasn't let his contract situation push him to the side or mentally. Uh, he told me he's a Bahamian. They don't give us nothing <laughs> anyway. So he's, instead of fighting against what the Suns did, He's embracing it because he knows he's getting paid now. He knows he's getting paid. It's just it's just going to take a little longer than he thought. But he's like, you know, this is a, a dude that used to sit on the beach and be happy to have KFC, you know, uh, which is a big delicacy uh, to my friends in the Bahamas. They love KFC, bro. It is. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, what, what, what is yeah. a couple months? Right, and that's the right back at you. Bahamas. <laughs> right back at you. I went to uh, I went to Trinidad and they everywhere, love Wendy's. Man. They love Wendy's yeah. chicken sandwiches. It's really strange. Well, I mean, who doesn't love a number six? I mean, you know, that's that's the goat chicken. But sandwich. no, they bro, they have lines of like I saw I was driving with one of my boys out there a couple years ago mm -hmm. and for uh, eight and peace. I'm like, why is there 20 people in the takeout line drive through <laughs> line at Wendy's? They said that chicken sandwich. And and I didn't uh, have one I mean, years. I came home and got one, and, and I I was like, you know what, it is bomb. Right, just with a Michael. I was sleeping. The right, around, the right amount of mayonnaise. Or that, you talk about what is mayonnaise good for? A number yeah. six from Wendy's. But hey, hey, but you know this. Mayonnaise and lettuce and you, tomato. You my New Orleans to homeboy now too. You get a, now you get a little he knows too that they they probably put a little bit more seasoning on it in the Bahamas than they do in most places. They might. They just might. like they, they do might. in the uh, five hundred four. You know what it is. You know you know what time it is. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Popeyes and their chicken sandwich, which sorry, Canal Wendy's Street. Is still <laughs> so look, um, you are joining us. You know, there's New Orleans, another great city in America, Las Vegas. You you tell us during the break. You're in Las Vegas at the yeah. G League Showcase. Now you're an Staying off the strip too, Mark, man. I ain't even on the strip right now. Good. You, you, that's, that's, that's that's smart. You are an intrepid yeah. reporter. You're always thinking two steps ahead. I wonder, yeah. did you just decide to go to the G League showcase because these players are going to be critical to the the functioning of the NBA, or were you already planning on uh, on attending the G League showcase just to you know uh, see tomorrow's potential stars? Because it's what do you make of just how the league and, and Adam Silver are handling this Omicron outbreak? Well, you know, I, I always try to stay two steps ahead of the posse. But I, I, no I'm not going to say that I was that smart. I had actually planned to be here already and thought about not coming um, because of everything that's going on. Uh, but this is the biggest G League showcase ever because it's like, <laughs> as what uh, Scout told me yesterday, man, it's slim pickings now. 
I'm like, what are these like dudes at a club or something like that? <laughs> they acting like they're at a club. Two o'clock in the morning. You know, like all, all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lights like, coming like, on. Like, like, like there have been so many guys that have been signed. You know, like Alfonso McKinney, he was playing for El, the, the Capitanes, and he's gone. And, you know, Lance Stevens is with Atlanta. CJ Miles is with the Celtics. Like, CJ Miles signed with the G League Ignite. Joe Johnson back with the Celtics. Joe yeah. Johnson with the Celtics. Again. Yeah. I saw Joe. <laughs> yeah. You know, That's I, crazy. I, I saw Jameer Nelson yesterday. He's a scout now for the 76ers. I'm like, hey, Jameer, you still look like you're in good shape. Maybe they need the Sixers. <laughs> might need to add him back. You know, I'm going to give a, a shout time. out. The Clippers need to sign Wesley Johnson. Wesley Johnson is one year away from getting the 10-year pension. Which gives him and his family not only a nice right? uh, money, but he gives them insurance for the rest of their lives. Not only just himself, but his wife and his kids. He's a year away. Clippers. Oh man! Sign Wesley Johnson. Man, he's an assistant coach with the with the Clippers. Sign him for a ten day. Let him get that tenth year so he he could take care of his family health wise. Oh forward. man, we need to get a petition going for that, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for drawing. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but just generally, what do you make of, of, of the way the league is approaching it, especially when you juxtapose it with the NHL, for instance, yeah. or, or even the NFL, like uh, in terms of Adam Silver saying, hey, we're going to learn to live with this thing. We're not going to beat it. Yeah, I think they learned a lot from the bubble. Uh, I was in there for those 90 days, and, and I, I don't see that uh, returning. Um, but, you know, Dr. Leroy Sims and the medical staff at, at, with the NBA have done, a, I think, a pretty great job under the circumstances. Some would probably say like this is uh, <laughs> evolves and changes every day, but it, it, it made a lot of sense to, um, you know, add, be able to add players without hitting a luxury tax um, to, to continue to play games and not delay games. Um, yeah, should there be a pause? That's certainly debatable in a lot of ways. What are these Christmas games going to look like? Probably more bah humbug than then, uh, you know, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas, right? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to the Christmas game in L.A. I don't know who's playing, LeBron, KD. I don't, I have no clue, but I'm going to be there just to see. And it, it, there's going to be a – I'm going to tell you now, there's going to be a Christmas story of some dude that you, you know, have not heard of that's going to have an amazing Christmas story because he last week he was, you know, maybe working at Whole Foods or he was like a, a waiter at Lago, uh, my spot in Vegas that I might go to tonight. Shout out to Shout them. Out. Uh, <laughs> and now he has a job with an NBA team, and he's gonna watch. You're gonna tell. There's gonna be somebody that's gonna be a fantastic Christmas story that's gonna go yeah. from nowhere to being a, a Felice Navidad star. And then they're gonna make a movie about all right. it. Hey, yeah. there, there's uh, all those names you mentioned. You mentioned a lot of guys that. We have forgotten about one name you didn't mention. This is my last question for you: Is Kyrie Irving? How did it happen? What's your What's your take on how he returned when we heard the Nets say initially, "No, we're going to move on. We we'll move on until he can be a full time player for us." All of a sudden, he's a part time player. How if he actually? Well, he's not. How's it, how, he's how not did this yet. happen? Um. Yeah, but he time, will be. How, desperate how times go to desperate measures. Saw the minutes KD was playing, James Harden's playing. They're in like protocols now too. 
Um, I think at this point, they're just adding anybody. So they're like, well, shoot, if we're just adding dudes off the street or off the G League, we might as well let, give him a chance. You know, they're trying to get that top seed. And um, they got a couple teams on their neck. And so I think they're biting their tongue and, and looking at the bigger picture uh, in, in terms of record and just staying above the fray. You know, I saw this uh, story, I guess it came out of, you know, South Africa or not maybe, but out of Africa that I guess the Omicron is starting to calm down there and they've gotten a hold of it and basically saying that it's a trend that hopefully will come to the United States. So. I think right now, man, this is horrible storm. I don't want nobody to die. I mean, like, I, hey, look, we're coming on the year anniversary of my brother, Sekou Smith, passing. So yeah, to me, like, skip basketball. Like, this is bigger than basketball. They could, you know, sometimes you got to protect people from themselves. So, you know, if you got unvaccinated players that are playing at right now, is that really good for the league? Is that really good for society? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't I don't know about that, you know, but, um, you know, the Nets, to me, I think they they're more worried about their wins and losses than ultimately, you know, I guess their pride in what they said before or, or, or worrying about the health part of it. All right, well, wins and losses go hand in hand with this bottom line, man. Well, you be safe, man. We appreciate you, brother. A Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Merry Kwanzaa. Christmas Happy New happy Year. Year. Hey, I know y'all celebrate Kwanzaa too, man. So I'm thanks for saying yeah. happy Kwanzaa. Of course. Happy Kwanzaa. Christmas, Kwanzaa. Three Kings. Three Kings Day too. All that. We're doing it all. We'll see uh, you next year, brother, man. Thank you. Love, Love you. Love you, man. Love you too, man. All right. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. A couple of years back when the University of Maryland brought Michael Loxley back home to the DMV, they brought him for a number of reasons. One, he had been the best assistant in college football at Alabama. But two, they knew that man could recruit. And this recruiting cycle uh, has been no different uh, according to one estimation. Um, the folks at 247sports.com. Maryland's 2022 class ranks 29th nationally and uh, at eighth in the Big Ten. I believe, Coach, that's your third. I don't want to shortchange you. Your third straight top 30 class you're working on. You're flipping them with the best of them as usual. And uh, so good to have you here now, Coach Loxley. Got so much to cover with you. Thank you so much. Happy holidays for being here. Thank you for being here. Happy holidays to you and your family. Um, but first, Coach, want to get to the business at hand. You got the pinstripe bowl coming up against Virginia Tech on December 29th. Um, what does being in this bowl game represent for your program and its growth here in your third year to get to a bowl? You know what, Michael? First of all, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. And, uh, you know, being able to play in the bowl game here uh, in year three, and you, I use year three kind of gingerly because with the pandemic, 
and a short right. start. I, I look at it like year one and a half. What it does is it, it, it continues to paint the picture that we've taken a significant step here at the University of Maryland to put together a football program that is heading in the right direction. You know, as I've said, by no means the six and six, uh, the, the, the standard for us, but being able to have a bowl eligible team, which allows us to continue to grow the Maryland brand, whether it's practicing and developing the young players and then getting into a bowl cycle, as we found, uh, once you get into this cycle, it's a, a, a win-win for everybody, uh, especially the growth of a young program. So for our, our 25 seniors leaving here that have never participated in a bowl, uh, we're excited for them to have this opportunity and this experience. Uh, speaking of this experience, it's a it's a it's a complicated one to say the least. I, I think we just saw earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, Texas A&M had to withdraw from their bowl game because of a COVID outbreak. How are you navigating keeping your team healthy and your players available, trying to just get to December 29th? Yeah, you know what? We did a lot of work on the front end, man. Um, our medical staff here, Dr. Yvette Rooks and her staff, uh, 90% of our team was fully vaccinated. And then we actually a week ago had a, a booster clinic here for our players where we had 55 of our guys go get the, the booster shot. So we've done everything uh, from providing these type of resources to protecting ourselves to create this. But then, you know, for us, it's just continuing to, to talk about masking up in, indoors and, you know, limiting your uh, being around large gatherings as much as possible. Uh, I know for our team to be able to get to this bowl game is really important. And so they're willing, again, to make the same sacrifices that they had to make almost a, a year or two ago uh, when this pandemic first came about. I mean, it was a tremendous amount of sacrifice on 18 to 22-year-olds to give up their freedom to be able to play the game. And they've done just that. So we're battling it like everybody else, but uh, I feel really good about our opportunities and chances to get through it. You know, Coach, Mike uh, talked in the beginning about your, your recruiting uh, successes since you returned to Maryland. And I've always wondered about this. You know, the top end of it, you look at, you know, Texas A&M, and a lot of circles was the top-rated class. Alabama up there, you know about recruiting in Alabama very well. But when you get out of outside of the top 10, if you had to describe the recruiting process to somebody like me who has no idea how to do it, where to start, how do you describe it? Uh, you know, what's the beginning of it like? What's the middle uh, and how do you how do you land that plane? Well, I, I can tell you right now that it's a grind, and we need like a four four uh, four series documentary uh, to kind of describe it. But here's what I'll tell you: in the 30 years I've been in the business, this thing has grown from where you call a parent and deal with the high school coach and the player to one recruit equals seven or eight people that are involved with this recruit, from his trainer, his high school coach, his girlfriend. Uh, his seven-on-seven seven coach, it's you, you don't recruit one person, and I always call you surround the kids. Wait, champions. Coach, you really talking to girlfriends? Sorry to cut you off. Like, did you meet? Like, are you being sarcastic, or are you really talking uh, to girlfriends? You are You are talking to whoever has the ear of this recruit to sell your program. And, yeah, these guys, you'll find out, man, these guys share, uh, they share locations with their girlfriends, as I found in recruiting, and I'm like, what's that all about? But we talk to anybody and everybody that will be able to help sell your program, sell what it is that, that you have to offer this kid. And sometimes it is girlfriends, man. And, 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 you know, it didn't used to be that way when I first got into this business. But it's a matter of kind of it's like finding where's Waldo, who's the person that will have the ultimate ear of the kid 
to say, hey, because at some point he's going to ask somebody, what do you think? And so it's not just one call to the parents and to the coach anymore. It's a bunch of people involved in this process. And, you know, it's a lot of work. All right. Hey, let me ask a, a quick follow-up on that, Mike, if you don't mind. Do you, in, this, in this process with so many people involved, I can imagine, like if you're just talking to the parents, you have a pretty good sense of, hey, is my message landing or not? Now, ha- have you been surprised either way where you think, oh, this is not going well, and the kid is actually is coming your way, or you think it's going very well, and it just goes in the uh, other direction? Do you have any examples of, of both scenarios? I mean, all of the above. I, I, you know, there's a, a recruit that signed with us this year, and I can tell you uh, it's kind of an embarrassing story, but the Saturday before signing day, uh, we sit in the big staff room where all of our coaches are around this big conference table, and we're watching him on Instagram live. Uh, he's going to unveil where he's going to school, and, you know, my coaches that recruited him felt really good about it. Uh, I didn't have a good feel for it because as the head coach, you're not on the front line like you used to be. And uh, we're sitting around this table. We've got a video camera waiting to show us, joyfully celebrating him coming. And he picked up the wrong sweatshirt, man. And I, it, was, uh, <laughs> kind of, it was kind of embarrassing. I got up, I stormed out the room, and I had to go to my office and sulk and kind of compose myself. And you know, But I will tell you that he wound up signing with the Terps on Wednesday. But after a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, due diligence to figure out what went wrong, and when you talk about messaging, making sure that the people that are important to them understand the, the beautiful, the, the wonderful things that the University of Maryland has to offer a, a player like him. Uh, you know, I'll actually um, follow up on that uh, as well, <laughs> Michael, because, you know, we talked about, uh, it reminded me of the scene with Travis Hunter. Um, when he ended up committing to, to Deion Sanders and, and Jackson right. State and really shocking the, co- the college football world. Obviously, you've got your head down trying to get people to come to College Park. But I wonder as you, and, and this also speaks to what you were talking about a minute ago about all the different people you have to recruit along with the player these days. This being the first uh, recruiting cycle in, in the era of name, image, and likeness, and as best you could as you surveyed the entire landscape of college football, um, how you know, some people kind of bemoaned it and said, oh my goodness, it's out of control. You know, this is this is the worst thing for college football. And, you know, this is, how do you uh, view the the recruiting world through the prism of name, image, and likeness? I'm all for it from day one. I mean, I was a guy that grew up here in the DMV that, you know, as a, a young kid, you know, I, I grew up in the ticket scalping business, uh, 12-year-old, hmm. 13-year-old going over to RFK and, and going up to McDonough Arena. And I watched, you know, Patrick Ewing, uh, from go from McDonough Arena where they had 4,000 people on campus at Georgetown to selling out the Capitol Center, the Cap Center over there in Landover where there's 18,000. And so just by having uh, Patrick Ewan on that team and seeing the impact uh, economically he had on Georgetown and the athletic department. So uh, from day one, I've been a proponent of, of NIL and, and players' ability to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. So I don't have a problem with it. And what I'll tell you, it's it's not as bad as everybody tried to make it seem because, you know, as we're starting to find out, this has become more regional than national. Very few players uh, have a national brand at the college level. So a lot of it is pretty uh, much geared toward the locale of, of the university. Uh, it's not you know, astronomical numbers because 
you know, uh, people from an advertising standpoint don't know how to use this this new genre of people coming through to, to market their products. Now, I think it'll continue to grow. It'll continue to get better, but it has not been a, a issue, at least on our team. And we have a guy that's a few guys that are represented nationally by some, some top marketing people. And uh, it's been really successful for our players. Coach, um, I was telling you during the break, um, you know, we have a, a mutual friend in Kevin Cooper, uh, who you work with, uh, who I've known for a long time. And I, and I reminded him that you're going to be on the show today. Uh, loyal viewer of the show. He's probably watching right now. What up, Coop? Um, and he said, uh, he said, Coach has got a great vision because his give a crap meter is on low and he's trying to make change. And that brings me to really the, the, the topic I'm, you know, just, well, excited to talk to you in general, but back in August of 2020, uh, you formed the National Coalition of Minority Football Coaches. Um, and I'll just read this for, for people who aren't familiar. If you give me a moment. The, uh, the NCMFC was formed as a multi-pronged effort to remove roadblocks, increase awareness, and spur action toward fair and equitable hiring at all levels of football. The nonprofit organization seeks to prepare, promote, and produce qualified minority coaches to ascend in the ranks of college and professional football. And Marcus Freeman is, uh, is one of your coalition members who just got the job. Uh, at Notre Dame as, as Michael and I both celebrated. Coach, in August of 2020, what moved you specifically, what moved you from talking about this issue to taking action when it comes to correcting it? Yeah, it, it was a lot of things. Uh, it did, it, you know, we, we went uh, live with it in August, but it really started during the months of the pandemic from like March 12th when we broke and never returned to work until June. Uh, it was the first time in my career, I've been coaching 30 years, that I was at a standstill. Like, there was nothing to do, no recruiting, no going to the office, no spring ball. And it really gave me a chance to really reflect on my career, man. And I was, I've been really blessed. I was a fired minority head coach that got recycled uh, to his dream job. I'll go from being fired at the University of New Mexico to landing my dream job here at the University of Maryland, a team I grew up as a kid rooting for. And during that time, you know, we do this thing in football called quality controlling, self-scouting. And, and, and it made me think, you know, having all that time to myself where I started reflecting back on my career and just how fortunate, lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it, that I am to be leading the University of Maryland. And it made me think back to say, man, you know, when I was at New Mexico in 2009, I think at one point we had gotten up to 18 uh, minority coaches uh, at the collegiate level. And then when I look back uh, in, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, you know, it had dropped to, I think, 13 between college and the NFL. And it just blew my mind because it just reminded me that we weren't moving forward. We were actually moving backwards. And I grew up in what was called the Black Coaches Association era, where John Thompson and, and, and Nolan Richardson and, you know, all these great coaches uh, stood up from a basketball standpoint for issues like this. And as I look back, there were really no organizations there to help uh, necessarily move the needle forward, especially when it came to the hiring of black coaches or minority coaches in football, women included. And so I picked up the phone, man, and I just started calling my, using my connections and network. And I remember calling Mike T, Mike Tomlin with the Steelers, who's a great friend of mine. I said, Mike, we got to do something, man. I said, I'm on the back nine of my career. I just turned 50 at that point. I said, this thing that looked like is getting better, and I'm afraid of what our future looks like for minority coaches. 
we need to do something. And I said, I'm thinking about creating an organization uh, that can help prepare uh, young coaches or coaches, uh, promote them, the jobs they're doing, uh, and then producing names because, you know, there's this, this stigma out there that they're not qualified candidates to lead NFL, college, or even some of the top high school programs in the country, and it's just not true. And so because of that, an idea was born, and I used all my social equity with working for Nick Saban and bringing Bill Polian on board and, and Rick Smith, who and I, he and I came into this business together. Uh, Debbie Yao has been a mentor for mine. So Ozzie Newsom, Doug, all these names that are on my uh, executive board, uh, these guys all got behind it, and an uh, organization was born to basically, and I wanted to be very uh, – very concise and just work on football. And I thought one of the issues the BCA faced was we tried to be too many things to too many people to too many sports. I wanted to be football centric with it. And it's really uh, taken off in just a short period of time. We've grown uh, the right way and we've uh, had positive impact even going into this hiring cycle where, you know, 25% of guys that were part of this academy we created uh, were able to be hired at jobs like Notre Dame, uh, Virginia, and, and places like that. So uh, not the finished product, but a work in progress, but I think definitely headed in the right direction. You know, you, you said a lot of good stuff there, and I'm intrigued by something you said in the very beginning when you said you were a fired coach in New Mexico who was recycled and then eventually landed your dream job. You have, That's a lot of experience and a, a lot of testimony there for you. So if you look at why the numbers are so low, you've been through, you've been the, you've been through the lows. Uh, you're at a great position now. Why are, from your experience, why are the numbers what they are? If, if you just had to guess, speculate, or, uh, you know, your, use your insight to kind of tell that story of why the numbers are so meager. You know what? I, 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 I would attribute it to a moving target, meaning. You know, you never know what the criteria are that the people that are making these hires at the highest level, whether it's the NFL, whether it's collegiate uh, football at the highest level, what it is that they look for and criteria-wise, uh, that target continues to move. But I also think it has to do with access. And to me, that's kind of what this coalition is all about, is trying to create access for minority coaches, you know, for that high school coach that wants to get the top high school job in his area. Uh, finding ways to prepare him, promote him for the job that he does where he is, and then produce them to people that are going to make these hires to say, we do have qualified minority individuals that can do the job. And again, we're not here to turn people's or twist people's arms to hire them, but they, they, they for sure should take a good look at them because, you know, with the type of people we have that are affiliated with our organization, these people are vetted. Uh, the right way through people that have won at the highest levels have made these type of hires. And so uh, that's where we've seen some of our success. Hey, Coach Loxley, we appreciate the access to you. You're about a week out from a, a major moment in your program, uh, the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium against Virginia Tech. We wish you all the best. Stay safe. Um, we appreciate you. And uh, let's keep in touch. Uh, we, we support your work. Uh, we'll continue to support you. And uh, happy holidays to, uh, to you and your family and your team. Thanks so much for joining us. Same, Same to both of you guys. Thank you. All right, Coach. Thank you, Be Coach. Good.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. You mentioned uh, how they had to play Chris Jones outside early in the season. And then the addition of Melvin Ingram allowed them to bump him back inside a little bit more, solidified their edge. Did you weigh that at all when you traded him, knowing that you would play these guys down the stretch? We didn't weigh, we didn't weigh their circumstances, no. Um, we weighed our circumstances. Uh, not only the tangible element of our circumstances, but the intangible quality that makes up team. Like I mentioned, when we moved them, we had an opportunity to get value for them. And so that was entertaining and interesting to us. But also, to be quite honest with you and blunt, Melvin no longer wanted to be here. And for us, uh, we prefer volunteers as opposed to hostages. And, and, and we believe that that's a formula that really allows us to come together in ways that you can't measure, to do the things that we were able to do last week, to smile collectively in the face of adversity and do what's required to get out of stadiums with necessary wins. And so that's just more of a function of us and the things that we value and less about Kansas City, the things that they needed or the, or, or the prospects of playing them later in the season. I hope the Steelers meet you. I hope they understand just, how privileged they are. Love, I, just, <laughs> I love it. I just love it. Mike, I get to sit there which I've done. I'll sit there and just listen to a Mike Tyler press conference. Viewing. I, Supportment viewing. Supportment viewing. It was entertaining and interesting to uh, intriguing to us. Why? It was entertaining. <laughs> like we smiled in the face of adversity. Right. Allow us to get out of stadiums with necessary wins. To be honest with linguist. you, in blood, you know. Oh he's my a, God. He's, he's he, a he's an inspirational speaker. Uh, 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 speaker. He's a poet. Yeah. I, yeah. I love the no, phrase great. about. I love that phrase. We're looking for we're looking for volunteers, not hostages. I love right. That. You know that was life because, coach. You know that was life coaching just now, right? You realize that was life oh, coaching. Oh yeah. Like how many it people, when it comes to relationships or anything, make yeah. decisions based off of well, what if they go and flourish without me? You know, or if I can't have you, nobody will. You know what I mean? Like, or you know, like like he's like, look, man, it ain't about them. Even though we're about to play them this week. It's about yeah. us. It's about me. It's we about, didn't weigh that. Like, we we could all learn from that. All of us can learn we from didn't, that. Yeah, we didn't weigh their situation. We yeah. were talking about our situation. And you know, I'm right. like, I'm usually... I, Go know, be great a, somewhere you know, else. Go be yeah, great somewhere yeah. else. And, even if it's the competition. And you know, I usually don't get into this because, you know, what you do in your house is what you do in your house. Every house operates differently. Everybody's got a little dynamic. So look, I, I don't ask you. I never ask you how you do things in your house. I don't unless you volunteer it. Now, if you do volunteer mm -hmm. it, well, I may have something to say about it. And you know, it, it was it was amazing. My true story came home last night. My beautiful wife, Oni, said, "You know what? You you know what? You got to put you got to put this in your feed tomorrow." I said, "What? What? What? Something you you, you were watching the Eagles game?" Uh, I like that she's producing. I like that. Yeah, you yeah you want to talk about the Rams? No, she said. Megan Good 
is on the market. Oh, wait a minute. Now, okay, now that is, we've got a great relationship. Y'all where do. my wife can talk, and she knows, she knows that y'all are some, I, y'all are some Will Jada Pinkett stuff running. Right no, 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 like, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, oh, not, not no, that no. great. Okay, not that. And she open, knows I'm but a y'all fan. Communicate. I'm a fan. Okay, I'm a fan. Yeah, because Megan is very, very. She's very creative. She's a, she's a great actress. Uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the work that she's produced. She's produced uh-huh. uh, some good uh-huh. work as well. Um, she takes a good picture. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, no, I throw it out there. It's a, it's a nice little picture. But Michael, can you imagine Megan Good? And it sounds very cordial. They had a joint statement. She and her soon-to-be ex-husband. And after nine years, they're going in different directions. And that's the that's their yeah. journey. That's their growth right now. Can you imagine Mike being a single man right now, knowing that Megan Good is on the market? Well, I mean, like, what? Uh, what? What? <laughs> what? I, and, and, you know, brothers, brothers out there, I, I don't want you to think, oh, well, there's no chance. There's no chance. It's making good. Why not? Why not? It's the Christmas season. Anything is possible. It's magic. It's the most wonderful <clears throat> time. Don't sing. Of don't the sing. year. Oh. Mm. Uh, Come on. Oh, okay. Are you, are you, are you looking for a response from me you, of some kind? I, I, are you looking for I, a response? I, don't you? I'm looking for a response. No, no, no. Are, are, no. Oh, come on. No. Come on. You no. know, this no. This is not, no. as, as no. Mike Tomlin would say, uh, this d- is d- not d- entertaining d- and intriguing d- d- to d- you. D- 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 okay. okay, so I'm Michael, uh, let me tell you I, something. I'm going to tell you this. Your, so your household runs differently than mine. She's so fine. Don't I know it? I, and I wish. And, and that's I why wish, I'm going to stop wish, there. That's why I I'm going to stop the there. Best. And no, that's stop. why we should stop there. I wish there. them the best. No. First of all, her and Devon Franklin, I, I, I love their marriage. I love their story. Uh, it's unfortunate, yeah. but like you said, this is their journey. This is their growth. Um, but I, I listen, first of all, I appreciate Oni for taking such a an, an interest in our show and our yeah. operation and suggesting a feed yes. item. That's great. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, more, more, more. more I elements. know more elements. I more. I <laughs> I do not live with Oni Holly. I live with Sarah right, Smith, right. and I yeah. know me. Oh, come on. And I know okay. that when I get to talking, I sometimes say things. What's that previous that picture? Bring that go too picture. far. Previous. Okay. I'm not gonna sit right, up look. here and have a conversation about Megan Good because I have to. I'm not doing this okay. for your entertainment. Okay, let me ask. I know okay, that I know that I I'm just okay. not discretion is the better part of valor. I know you got I, I know when to shut up well, contrary to popular opinion. Mike, and there's nothing this, I could say right now about Megan good. That uh, would be beneficial to me. That would be good for uh, me. You know, listen, you're in the communications industry. Okay, that you, you have to say you're in the communications industry. This is all about the art. I played the fifth. Megan good. What's I her played what, what, the fifth. What movie? What, what movie? One, two, three, what four. Movie think, <laughs> what movie do you think she did the best job in? Is, 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 is there a favorite movie? I mean, oh, come on, we're talking about acting. We're talking about act, acting. Okay, that's all we're talking about. Acting. Why are you? Why, why are you so cautious here? You're being cautious. I so understand. We talk about great actors and great musicians and great writers and great coaches all the time. And now not for the same reasons. Great, Oh, you want me to evaluate yes, her as are. a talent? We want me to evaluate yes. her as a talent? First round yes. pick. 
first round pick. Okay. Um, I'm high, tell you first, this. high first round pick. High first Can round I pick. Can I tell you what? And the, the, the film uh, that comes to mind off the top, I mean, bro, I, I, I mess with ways deep. You know, I, I'll watch ways deep in a second. Okay. Okay. Um, right. I'll watch biker boys if it's on. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, go down the list. What yeah. was the one? Uh, right. Deliver us from evil. I watched Deliver okay. us from evil. Yeah. I got to watch Harlem on Amazon, bro. You ain't got to tell me about Megan Good. You ain't got to tell me. You ain't, okay. you ain't putting me on I'm to Megan Good. I, I know I'm not putting you on. I I'm, that's just, why I'm just not I, about to sit up I'm here and get myself in trouble. I'm just surprised that you're just taking one baby step at a time. I thought we could, we might be able to jog during this. You thing, thought we're in a trust tree one. in the nest. Yeah, yeah. But well, you know my what's wife, funny? My uh, wife didn't say Megan Good's on the market. So like, look, good for you, man. You got it like that. Good okay. for you. Well, Good Henry, for you. Let, let it's just, just, I try I'll, to I'll avoid these internet streets as best as possible. I ain't here to talk about Megan Good. I ain't here to talk about a certain NBA high-profile players whose wife may, who have, may or may not have an arrangement with his. I'm not. I don't do that here. I don't do that. No. I'm, okay. No. Hey, okay. What's the upside? That juice ain't worth the squeeze. What's the upside? Okay. Let's talk about Megan Good. I, I talk about her enough. Can I tell? You? First round pick. High first round pick. Can I tell? Can I tell you this? You trade up for a uh, player like that. With, take take you all. You, it's all family. It's all family, and, and holidays are for family. So come on in, family. I'll tell you a story. We were talking earlier today, and Chica, uh, one of our producers, said, "Hey, I see you have Megan Good in your feed. What's your take on on Megan Good?" I said, "Huh? What? What's your take hey. on Megan Good?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just said, stop you right there. I'm gonna stop you right there. Um, see this one. Don't listen to Chica. Number one, Chica right now for uh, is, is 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 able to step back and be off camera and not have to like uh, atone or explain to his lovely fiance. Congratulations, Chica. Um, hey, he's, Chica. But he's gonna learn he's gonna... real quick. He's gonna learn real quick with pitfalls to avoid and when to change the subject. Hey. Like I'm about to do right now. We can, I was we can on change the internet subject, last but I... night. I have done anything what? wrong. I just want to point that out. I've done anything. Yeah, wrong. in your house. In your house. See that purple line between the two of us. You've been great. See that purple line between the two. And listen, that means that you got your and, way and, of doing things, and I got way my, my way of doing things. And Mike, my wife don't play like that. I said, here's the last thing. If you find yourself in trouble, have Sarah call me. I get you out of trouble. I get you out of trouble. Okay. I got you. No, right? I'm control. I'm you know in control that? of what I say, and I said more than I, I needed you. to. Um, Jay Z said something last night. They had the internet going nuts. He was in Twitter Spaces. And said this. Nobody be stand on that stage with me. I be dis- I, I ain't gonna lie. No disrespect. I, everyone's amazing and done what they done. No one can stand on that stage with me. I'm just telling you guys the real. Like, there's not a shot. There's not a chance in hell that anyone can stand on that stage with me for I don't know how long it is. Two hours, one hour, two hours. Right. Look, I, you I, gotta I, stand in front of the Grammy family freestyle live. <laughs> You no, no one's know. ever even seen me perform that. Like you, you got to stand in front of that. That ain't gonna never happen, man. Let's let's move on from verses and just get back to the uh, this keys album. Yeah, I respectfully beg to differ. Um, see, wow, no one okay. can compete with him in a versus battle, says Jay Z. Not no one would. So if somebody right. called you on that, if somebody challenged you on that, 
Is he going to take that challenge? See, because he could sit there and, and credibly say nobody could touch me. And his catalog would support that. His body of work would support that for the most part. But a versus battle, 20 on 20 for two hours? Oh, there's plenty of people, my guy. There are plenty of people that can go toe to toe with Jay Z in a versus battle, but we'll never know because he'll say it with this confidence like it's some kind of fact and it's like an open right. and shut case. And then it'll never happen, so we won't know. Bruh, Black Thought, the greatest MC of all time? Black Thought may not have the commercial hits that Jay Z does, but there'll be hits after that versus. I guarantee you that. Hell, the dude that yeah. I'm sure Jay-Z knows is performing at halftime in the Super Bowl. Snoop? Snoop? Uh, a Snoop Jay-Z versus? Snoop got hits. Mm, I don't know. For that matter, I don't know about Wheezy, that. especially okay, no, ceilings, Lil Wayne, no ceilings Lil right. Wayne. No ceilings Lil Wayne? That era, Lil okay. Wayne? Absolutely, positively. Eminem? Yeah, see, you, now, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. Now, they got I'm, plenty of dudes that, that, could, that, that, could, that could hang with Jay-Z in a versus. Nas, all the names you mentioned, I'm a three right. stacks take, take with, with Andre take with Snoop Andre out. 3000's features. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's a competition here. I'm, oh, there's a now would Jay Z win? Maybe. I mean, he'd probably be the favorite going in, but to suggest that nobody could go toe to toe with you for you two hours for? in a versus format, that's patently false. Michael, I'm surprised okay, versus, that there are so many at? people. What you looking for though? Just going hit for hit. Just, that, just, it's not a freestyle okay. battle. It's not. It's not the shelter you know in saying? eight mile. It's a free. It's, it's hit for hit, back and forth, versus twenty songs each. 20 I know. Songs what I'm saying, each. are you looking for? Are you looking for? Oh yeah, that that song. It's it, it. It all depends on what he. So he's describing something else because a lot of people. He's have, talking about body of work. Twenty hits. He is. He's talking about okay. Nobody's as dope as me. Are you just looking at? Are we talking about dope MCs? Or are we talking about okay? Uh, you go play the M, your, your, your New York. So what's that song? It's whack. First of all, it's one of whack uh, Jay Z's wackest songs. The one with Alicia Keys. I, I hate that song. Oh, the commercial one. <laughs> Probably because you've heard it, it so much over the Empire, years. <laughs> Empire State of Mind. Is that it? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Empire yeah. State of Mind. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but it's a hit. Are we talking about hits? Or are we talking about just content and flow and oh man, wordplay? For me, either yeah, those, one, those are two different he things. has competition. Either one, he has competition. Yes. But in a versus format, yes. especially, he has competition with people like Lil Wayne or, again, Snoop, just in terms of playing hits over the course of two you hours. Talk, if you talk about, you talk about uh, uh, the Super Bowl, how about K. Lamar? Okay. Uh, K. Thank Lamar you. Lamar can see him. Kanye. So, there are a lot. Yeah, Kanye. Yes, Kanye. Kanye. That's actually a good one. But this is it's why a lot of people. So we had that, a lot of people. Like we had that do. conversation. But you got to understand, Jay Z. I got to give it to him. Jay Z is a chess player. Jay Z ain't yes. just throwing uh, something out there because it's just a random thought. He's got it. It's a grand plan. So what he has already, he has knowledge of. Him and somebody else. It's already set up. No, the game well, is the game yes is rigged. No, I, I don't think so. It's rigged. I think it's rigged. Well, listen. Okay, that'd be great. But I think right now he knows he could, he's undefeated. It's like a boxer saying, "Can't nobody touch touch me." But they. Oh, it sounds like somebody. Hmm. Can't nobody beat me. But they ducking certain people. Like okay, he yeah. don't he don't want he don't want that smoke with Black Thought. 
Jay-Z do not, does not want to see Black Thought in a, in a battle of any kind, in my mind. See, that's the thing for me is like, I, I appreciate and admire Jay-Z, but I don't worship Jay-Z like a lot of these dudes do. So I, 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 yeah. I know that he's not untouchable. Untouchable Jay is not untouchable in this format. If we're talking about like Let's longevity, see. body of work, ability, uh, sales, uh, stats. Hell, we ain't even mentioned Drake. Oh, by the way, Drake could go toe to toe with him yeah. at this point. Um, um, we talking about like you know, greatest MC of all time. Yeah, Jay Z is hard to compete with Jay Z given all the boxes that he checks. But in a versus format, nah, player, they got dudes that can and would step to you. But would you actually come down off your throne and see them in battle? In a versus. Well, battle? this is what I'm uncomfortable. And he see, knows I'm he uncomfortable won't. with this. So it's a moot point. I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm uncomfortable. Because versus, I like what versus has become. Like we do this thing, but like we, we start off when we, at the beginning of this show when it was Gladys Knight and Patty Labelle. Okay, I ain't gonna say nothing. Don't worry, I ain't saying nothing. Thank you. It, it, Thank you. Patty Labelle and Gladys Knight, and they came out and they showed each other love. Earth, wind, and Earth, wind, and fire, and the Temptations. Uh, excuse me, and the Isley Brothers, right? There's so so much love. You know, Ronald Isley. Is singing Earth, Wind, and Fire songs as Philip Bailey yeah. sitting there nodding his head. So it's a lot of respect. Yeah. Shaka Khan and Stephanie Mills come out holding hands and they sing that, you know, just queens showing each other respect. But now this takes it to the level of, oh, we're not even going to enjoy it. I'm going to come out there and destroy you. That's not really what Versus is supposed to be about, is it? Well, is that what it is? Uh, well, 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 there was one. What, what was it? Was it Three Six Mafia and, and and Bone Thugs and Harmony? I don't remember who it was, See, but it got it got a little edgy. You can't take some people. Some some people you can't take some. You can't you can't you can't take some yeah. people. They like Anthony Mason. People. Rest in peace. Yeah. No, yeah, I, got, I got I got you. All the time. No, I, no. I'm trying to be love with Jay Z, and I got nothing but love for Ho. Like I mean, Jay Z is the soundtrack. Anybody my age, or even for that matter, yours, the soundtrack to our, you know, high school, college, adult years, even now, and his evolution, the artist that he is now versus reasonable doubt in my lifetime. I mean, like, it's just incredible how he's managed to stay at the top all this time. But we're not we're talking you. about can somebody see him toe to toe? There are again, there are some people. I think my man Torrey posted something like this is not a controversial statement. Yes, it is. But there are some people that feel like he didn't tell a lie or, or what's the argument. There's an argument for wait, quite wait, a few no, artists. Okay, here, that here's, can go the, here's the thing. Him. Nobody can say that. No, no MC can say that. I, even Black Thought wouldn't wouldn't say that. I don't think so and can't. It's just like hip It's too deep. The roster is too deep. There are too many people who can step up for a couple of hours. It's like golf. Remember when Tiger do was, that work. Remember when Tiger was crushing golf and, and it was Tiger and everybody else and then over the years yeah. like more people got good because of Tiger. It's kind of like that with hip hop. It's like they got a lot oh. of people that have gotten good over the years where it ain't just Jay-Z and everybody else in the world of hip hop. Never on the was, way home really, last but. night. On the way home last night, I gave a little volume listening on Sirius XM. By the way, you can listen to us to Sirius uh, XM channel 85, but I was listening on uh, I think 42. I was listening on Rock the Bells. And I heard the God 43 rock Kim. Woo! Rock Kim. I was like, oh man, I, and you sometimes you forget you forget lot, yeah. that this game's yeah. been going for a long time. KRS one could probably still come up and give you some work. Stop it. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. No, there was, with the with the, the knucklehead penalty that DJ gets for kicking the ball, DJ's one of the great players on our team. Team guy, smart, in it. Great juice, great energy, and, and he he lost his composure for a flash of an instant and kicks the ball right there. So it kind of took, they kind of distracted the focus from the call that that was just made. I don't know, Greg. You know, those guys make these calls when they make them, and they, they sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, it was it, it happened quickly, and uh, it didn't look very good on the little replay that somebody showed me. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not bellyaching about that call. We need to win the game, and all the other ways we could win the game. That was uh, one of the worst pass interference no calls in, in recent memory. It was so blatant, so obvious. Oh, I forgot that the Rams get away with those types of things. Uh, nobody in New Orleans was surprised about what happened right. uh, last night. Uh, our boy Jason Johnson was there to watch his Seahawks clinch a losing season for the first time. <laughs> In the Russell Wilson, I'm sorry, that was bad. You were at SoFi you know Stadium. You were sending just, me pictures. We were t- you were live texting me during the game. Um, go ahead, man. The floor is yours. I, I, you know, I know you wanted to come and vent about that uh, that no call. You know, no it's like it's like sometimes you can see an act of violence on TV, but if you're actually at the scene of the crime, like you're so much more grabby. You can smell the violence. You can see Look the blood this. on the ground. It was obscene. It was absolutely oh. obscene. I mean, I honestly thought that perhaps, perhaps the Seahawks were wearing like you know oh. a few delete and and some gold and some black oh. because it was that ridiculous blatant. But let's not. And I don't even have to add the overall conspiracy that on Sunday you had like 25 Rams players who had COVID and only two Seahawks players and it got pushed to Tuesday and then we get hosed again. I won't even go into that conspiracy theory. I will simply say that was an egregious call. It was a poorly officiated game. I mean, that wasn't the only call because I'm big on saying like, hey, if it's one play that you probably lost the game overall, but that was some egregious, egregious refereeing throughout the entire thing. And the only thing worse than the refereeing was Shane Waldron's attempt to be a sleeper agent. He is clearly Yelena. He is the sleeper agent who has been snuck in to the Seahawks in order to destroy their season with his incompetent play call. I cannot stand seeing this nonsense and watching Pete flail around at the end by saying it was really about our offense and we couldn't get some of the plays that we needed to get done. That's nonsense, Pete. You're trying to save your job. Three more weeks to the Pete Carroll and Shane Waldron era is over. And then it comes right, against we, the Rams, who I know you have so yeah. much respect for the Rams and Matthew Stafford. Oh, goodness gracious. You know. Yes. Pad Stafford, Pad Stafford, who keeps throwing the Quandre digs like they in practice back in Detroit. Look, this game was the quintessential example of what happens when you can have mediocre talent with a good offensive scheme. <laughs> Cooper Cup, who, quite frankly, probably oh, don't should you be dare. in the MVP conversation. Okay, good, good. As yeah, White yeah. Rice. Cooper, I, I call him White Rice. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. White lightning, white right. I mean, for real. Cooper Cup should really be, if we had a fair sort of 
resolution of things. He would be in, in the, the MVP conversation, but he's a quintessential example of what happens when you have somebody who schemes you open. Cooper Cup, raw talent, may not be any more talented than DK Metcalf, but DK Metcalf got to fight through 12 different screens every time because Shane Waldron can't figure out where to put him on, the, you know, on where on to on. put him on. Absolutely painful. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. That, that, I, okay, yeah, that, that's good. They got holes. We know that. But I want to talk about something yeah. else. I'm going to talk about something else. Okay. In that picture, was that Billy D. Williams? That is Billy D. Williams and LeVar Burton. And LeVar Burton. And Joy Reid. And Joy Reid. When is wait? What? When is this? Is this last night too? This actually happened. The you hanging out with Billy Sunday. D. Williams? I met Billy D. Williams with a group of friends. He literally came walking towards them at a restaurant here in L.A. He literally said, "It's like all of Africa came to visit me." Those are the words out of his mouth. We were floored. And then a friend of mine called Lavar. Those two got to meet. It was an absolute. It was a space. A friend of mine called Lavar. Friend of mine called. Him. Said he, a friend of mine called Lavar. He said, <laughs> okay. "Yes." That, Okay, yeah, that's that's amazing. Okay, that's that was that was that was that wasn't even intended to be a flex. Trust me, we were shocked with the whole thing happened. We had no idea that Billy D was there. Uh, he was incredibly gracious, very charming. Look, we got We got to treasure these sci-fi icons, right? We we just we you know, Michelle uh, Nichols just did her last appearance as a horror. Uh, and she's getting older about two weeks ago, so she will never be out publicly doing that kind of work again. Billy D. Williams is a charming, healthy 85, but it was it was an absolute thrill 85. and blessing to meet him. And LeVar Burton, who's one of my God favorite people him. anyway. So, hey, Mike, we got about- time. We got to talk about movies now. We got to talk about movies. Well, let's I was about to say, let's, yeah, let's, man. Like, I mean, if we nerd yeah. now, let's go all the way in. I'm let's not going to talk let's about Spider-Man it. and how amazing okay. Spider-Man was. And you know, and you know why? Because Michael hasn't seen it. So no, no, great, talk wait about until it. no, 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 talk what, about what it. Is my, Go ahead. I, what is, I'm, I'm going to enjoy look, my time. I, I'm going to enjoy I, it. I, I, have, I can't, I can't I talk about it the way I want to talk about it. I want to spoil it for you. Right. We don't want to wreck it for you. It's impossible to talk about okay. that movie. With. Look, here's the thing. Spider-Man Endgame, which is what I call it, um, is a lot of movies. <laughs> it's, it's a it's lot, lot of lot movies. Going like, it's a lot, lot going on. A lot going on. Yeah. Like, 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 it, I usually think that whole, like, uh, uh, mocking Jay, Avengers split into two parts is unnecessary. But so much happened in this film, and you had like a twelve-minute two post-credit scenes. Like this was right. a lot of. And they, they, uh, they threw a trailer at the end, which they never. It's yes. a Doctor Strange trailer at the end, which they never right. do that. But I'll take Not it. Not a teaser. Like this was better than YouTube. They had a whole trailer. It was. Now right. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Michael. It's a great movie, but I tell people, and this is what I say is Spider-Man Endgame, there's like a six-hour investment in this film. Because if you haven't seen every other Spider-Man movie... That, that, you have to see it. You have, have to see it. Have. All franchises. So, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. So you tell, but I like, the, you end, say I like the in-game comparison because it's for the fans. It's a reward for yeah. the fans who have been there through Maguire, through Garfield, and through Tom Holland, Michael. What were you about to say, Michael Holland? I was going to say, so you guys are saying bring your reporter's notebook to the movie <laughs> just so you can you can you know, you can keep up some notes and file it later just so you can kind of process this whole thing. Is, is that no, what you're saying? No, you'll be able to follow like, it. You can follow, you can you follow, can follow okay. it. Yeah, as exactly. long as you as long as you've seen all of them. Yeah, oh, we've seen them yeah. all. As long as you've seen all of them. We just, we just it's saw... It's nostalgia uh, done right. It's nostalgia done right because I saw, like, I saw Ghostbusters 
afterlife and they tried to like ram nostalgia down your throat i mean i think on the way out they tried to sell me an action figure right that's when you do it wrong that's when you're going too far but i think spider-man endgame it was a war to the fans six seven hours of previous films that you had actually seen it had yeah. humor tom holland was fantastic and yes they actually convinced me that doctor strange multiverse of madness won't be absolute trash because I was pretty, it's it's my lowest ranked Marvel movie. I told what? you guys, it's my lowest ranked Marvel movie. Doctor Strange. This That's one of your worst takes ever. That's a bad take. That's a bad take. It's, That's an awful take. It's not take. a good wow. movie. It's not a good movie. First of all, don't ever disrespect Benedict Cumberbatch like that again. Number one. Number two. <laughs> Whoa. Um, it oh, is a very God. good movie. It's a very good God. movie. It's an oh, excellent wow. movie. My Sherlock Holmes. Doctor Strange goes hard. Sherlock Holmes in a cape did not impress me. And if you take out what they stole from Inception this when he dude. battles Mordo, that movie could have been a, a Sunday night this movie on dude. free. Okay. And I was, gonna say, I was gonna say happy. Yeah, exactly. To go from Billy D. Williams and LeVar Burton to that. I imagine. Imagine <laughs> in the course of like six minutes. I gotta be true to myself. High, you had a mountain top moment. <laughs> And now you deep in the valley. Last night. We can't even we can't even rescue you now. <laughs> all the thing I, I hesitate to ask this last question because I'm scared to ask this last one. I was just gonna say as we as we as we let you go, man. Um, so to get to cleanse you of last night, I don't know if maybe you've seen them already. You referenced Yelena earlier. What are you watching first this evening? Because my night tonight is Hawkeye finale and Matrix Resurrections. So I, I, how excited for you? Which one are you more excited for? between those two. I am more excited. So I have been binging Hawkeye the last day Great. and a half to watch the finale tonight. I'm so impressed. I'm it's really, It's the best really one they've done. It's it, the it, best it's, MCU it, Disney Plus series. It, it, it is wait. extended movie. It's well, and, and, and the, 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 the Acha Lemire series that it's based on was one of my favorite runs of Hawkeye ever. They hit the tone. Jeremy Renner is, is great grizzled without being campy. Uh, you know, yep. Haley Stanfield, that is a hard role to play. Because if you play that like wrong, her. the whole thing falls apart. She's pitch perfect. Pitch perfect acting. I'm, I'm very impressed about, so far. How about Florence Pugh? Like, 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 Yelena was great in Black Widow. She right. takes it to another level in this. Mike, wait, Michael, are you, are you in the, do you, have you caught up on Hawkeye, Michael? Tonight. <laughs> Tonight, this guy. That's my man. night too. Well, oh wait a minute. Okay. Oh wait a minute. You know oh, Jason, be, oh, it's okay for it to be your night, but it can't be my night too. Huh? It, it's, it's Jason, my night okay. As well. Safe you. to say, okay. Is it safe to say, Michael, you've seen all the Matrix movies? It was only nineteen ninety nine. Like, it's yes, I have. Okay, yes. great. I said, matter of fact, I introduced you, you Youngin. That's right. Youngin, you I introduced you, you to did. the first one. You did. Okay. You I may have even paid your way in. Yes. Because you had yeah. like a couple of nickels to run together. You might have. You might have. So you I, might have. I paid your yes. way and bought you, you some popcorn yep. too. That's okay? fair. That's fair. That's fair. You took me. You, you probably paid my, my my ticket to see the first Matrix. Thank you very much. Thumbs up. Thumbs and down, it's Jason. Probably only four dollars. It's probably only four bucks because it came out in yeah. May of nineteen ninety nine. I saw it in a dollar. It was a lot at the time, though. It, it, it was a lot of money at the time. It was a lot of money. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, this in my I'm not I'm not super excited about it. It doesn't look oh, like man. there's anything new. I mean, like it doesn't look bad, but I know in the midst of, of, of sort of the, the Omicron revival, the Omicron versus Delta versus that's going on right now. I know I'm not going to a theater to see it. And so with that being the case, I'm going to have to watch it at home. And I know that's not going to be as much experience as seeing it in a theater. So 
I'm not. Well, you got to come to my basement. Well, you come back when you come to Connecticut when you ain't too busy, you know, gallivanting with Billy D. Williams and LeVar Burton and Joy <laughs> Reid. You come to Connecticut and kick it in my basement. Amazing. Because I got a, I got a, a Omicron, you know, Delta proof basement to watch the Matrix in the night. So. Merry Christmas. Don't happen. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> Happy New Year, brother, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you, Happy man. Happy holidays, guys. Enjoy. All right, you man. Too. You too. All right, Mike. Any last words for our last show of 2021? Yeah. Last show of 2021, man. Wow. This is crazy. This is our Michael. This is our second Christmas together. And I'm just uh, I'm just so excited about the, the progress uh, that we've made. I'm not talking about us. Uh, I'm not sure we have progressed at all, the two of us, but I'm just talking about uh, our family, our family, uh, our, our immediate families, the families who have, who have checked in, who have listened to us on, on Sirius Channel uh, 85, XM Channel 85, Peacock TV, YouTube, YouTube podcast, our family here behind the scenes, Gary and Chica and Wyatt and Kaylee and Don't Matt and James and Nicole. <laughs> And okay, Courtney, there you um, go. Gotta get who, involved. Else? who else? I got it. I got everybody. I got everybody. Uh, um, they Gary would have gotten our ear if we if we had missed anybody. So I think we're good. Who did, who did I forget, Gary? Nobody. I think we're good. All right. Yeah, we're good. Gabby and Gabby, Gabby. and Gabby and Gabby yeah. as well. So, so yes, um, but yeah, man, I'm just I'm just excited and just this this Christmas is 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 very special uh, to us. Just because this is a time like you've been here already. Like you you're you're uh, Mason is a is an eighth grader, right? Thirteen. Yeah. All right. And Robinson's thirteen, but is a seventh grader. Mason's a little bit older. So mm-hmm. it's just that that intersection where I've got a nine year old who looks for the elves every morning. Okay, yeah. <laughs> where they are. And then yeah. you got a thirteen year old who is talking to friends. So, but I, yeah. but I'm enjoying it all anyway. It, they're all they're all growing. They're at different uh, places in their development. Robinson is officially taller than me now, Michael. I can't wait until you see him. Uh, he is on his way to being well I over six feet feeling. tall. So now yeah. I'm just I'm just happy. I'm just thankful to to be in this space and to spend a lot of time with my family. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, man. Uh, I echo all the sentiments, all the appreciation that you extended to our. Uh, our brother from another family. Um, I go into I wrap up this year and go into 2022 feeling really good about our progress. Um, and to be honest, I didn't always feel that way, but we make take, taken amazing strides. And that's a testament to the staff that gets better and better and better. Uh, and if nothing else, they're better at putting up with me. Um, I would also amen. say um, our viewers look at you. Amen. Look, I was amen in the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> you wasn't supposed to amen that far. Our viewers, the family that's held us down from the beginning. Thank you for kicking it with us, for yeah. rocking with us. We'll see you again January third. And I'm with you, Michael. Yeah. Like, you know, it, this uh, this this surge, this COVID spread, this pandemic. If nothing else, man, it makes you thankful. I'm thankful. I'm that's thankful right. to God for all of our blessings. God bless y'all. Love y'all. We'll see y'all next year. Happy holidays. Hug somebody. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. 
Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.